Welcome back to the Love Truth Leadership Podcast. Today we continue our deep dive into the profound social differences between the U.S. and Thailand. Our very own Larry is calling from Thailand, ready to share his ongoing journey and the vibrant contrast he has observed in the community, connection, and leadership. Immerse yourself as Larry brings to life the lessons learned from the rich Thai way of life, offering insights into how we can all lead with love in a diverse world. morning for me it's morning it is 10 p.m in thailand for you larry huh yeah quite a time difference there but thank you for uh making the time to continue doing this with us how are you doing sir oh my pleasure it's great it's uh it runs around about in the mid 90s here during the day and cools off in the maybe the low 80s high 70s at nighttime so what a big contrast from the uh, Rocky Mountain yeah, we're, weather I hear you guys are having. Yeah, we uh, are dealing with like nine degrees this morning and it just got done snowing. So, so the weather is waiting. Yeah, for you I, don't to come wear, back. I don't want, I don't, I don't wear a coat or anything over here. <laughs> you wear shorts and flip flops mm-hmm. and a t-shirt it's pretty warm <laughs> yeah I, I feel like go, uh going on a trip during the winter time would be hard for me to pack because i'm like all right cool i need to bring a coat i'm like wait no i don't you know it's gonna be 90 degrees there and yeah that would be so yeah right now is more of the dry season it's uh-huh. not the rainy season we've only seen a little bit of rain kind of you wouldn't think so because it's so green but um they tell me that during the winter, uh, rainy season, it poured, there's pretty good downpour. So, and we're on the island of Phuket, and which is south of uh, the big mainland where Bangkok is. So, and Phuket is primarily where more tourists come. Uh-huh. So, it caters to the tourist people. And um, there's some wonderful scenery. They just built a skywalk, which is all out of glass, way over high up off the ground. And so that's kind of an interesting thing. They just barely completed that. So people have fear heights. It might make them a little quizzy. You know, I, I um, cause I, I experienced the fear of heights and, and, uh, I don't think it's really the fear of the, the height. I think it's the fear of the fall for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You know, um, what if I'm going to fall? That's, that's what goes through my head whenever I'm on a high place. Uh, I get, I get busted all the time at at work cause I'm, you know, six, five and they'll bust out the ladder for me to get up on something. I'm like, you know, 
how about you get up on the ladder <laughs> but <laughs> uh, well i guess we won't take take you climbing up the el capitan route in yosemite no, not not el capitan maybe something smaller to start with but <laughs> i feel like if i'm securing the ropes that are holding me up we'll be okay so what have you been experiencing this past week larry since we last talked well, we went more in the rural area and uh, kind of away from the general public out in the, I don't know, what do you call the villages, so, so to speak. And it's different uh, culture out there. Uh, some of these homes look like there's four walls and I'm not sure there's running water in there, plumbing. I'm not even sure. Some may have it, some don't. And electricity may be iffy on some too. Yeah, but you know that that they're all so kind to each other. They, it, um, I don't think they compare whether they have something or not, like we do in America. They are all kind of pretty humble and in some circumstances, and they just think a lot of of their family. So, um, so when they, I think I told you this last episode. Every time they meet you they say a greeting it's called swati crop at least that's what the male says the female says it a little differently and they hold their hands together and bow like you're praying a little bit and that's the way kind of show respect and honor and they do that to everybody and of our taxi guy had a flat tire this last week and uh this was interesting and he hadn't this never happened on his vehicle before he's driving a toyota and it was the front tire on a forerunner, and uh, he gets out and he ran over some nail or something. At least that's what it looked like. So he goes into this shop or somewhere. I don't know what it was. He was long, he was gone for about five ten minutes. All of a sudden, six guys six guys come out. It was like a pit crew. One guy brought a jack. Another guy brought some tools, and boy, they had it up. And they put, took the wheel off the back of the forerunner and lowered it which i didn't know how to do i actually i was in the process of youtubing because i did he didn't know how to do it either and they had that whole thing fixed in 10 minutes oh that's pretty cool and then they didn't ask any money and i said this is this typical he says oh yeah everybody just helps everybody but it was just so interesting they came out and said okay let's just get this all done boom 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 yeah and then it's just, I mean, I told him that. I said, it's amazing. And he turned, he's talking to me in broken English. And he goes, it's like, well, don't they do the same way in the U.S.? I said, well, maybe. Not the way I just saw it. No, not at and all. And the other thing I noticed, when I was in church today, one guy pointed out, he says, you know, he's a, he was an American. And he said, you know, there's no road rage down there. I mean, the traffic is a little congested some part, but there's no honking or get out of my way or someone, you know, wheeling down the window and yelling. They just don't have that. Yeah. They don't yell or scream and they're just so interesting enough. It's they're pretty cordial about the traffic, even the heavy stuff. And I, I don't get the impression that anybody's trying to speed to get past someone. I mean, there's motorcycles, but they have their own lane. Oh, and okay. so, and, and of course they drive on the, the opposite side on the left side instead of on our right side. I think it must have been because a British must have must 
must have had some influence on that years ago. But uh, yeah, it's just a different culture of getting along, and um, and you can just see that by their attitude towards each other. Very helpful. And I was telling you a bit of before about tips. Americans about the only ones that leave tips at any places, and we had this little bike that took us. I mean, this boat guy was taking us kind of the. It wasn't the main. It wasn't the main way they take tourists. It was behind the jungle area. He took us in a different way to, to a particular island called the James Bond Island. They did a scene there, and so now they just coined it the James Bond Island. And when we were through, I gave him what it amounted to about six dollars of our money, and boy, he was just totally taken back. He was so happy, you know. And that meant maybe that meant the difference to having a meal the next day or not. I don't know, but. He was so grateful for it. So, um, some of these people really appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like that's something so, that's really taken advantage of in our culture is the fact. Well, and then again, it's something that, you know, a lot of our restaurants and stuff, you know, breed into us as Americans because, you know, as a restaurant worker, you're making you know what at what I don't know the exact wage but it's a lot lower than minimum wage so you're relying upon your tips and so here we uh it's something that we're it's like a not even a second thought to, for us to do is to tip people yeah it's just a customary this in our culture we do it we're here so we went to a restaurant this morning for breakfast where the the local people go. This isn't where the tourists go. And so they're not expecting any tip. That was, that's beyond what they normally, because they don't get them. And because in this culture, it's high people don't tip other people. Most Asians don't tip people. That's just the typical way they are. When I lived in Taiwan 50 years ago, if I left a tip, the owner would come after me and say, you overpaid me. That's how foreign it was to him. But um, we got a really good meal. I can't remember what I got, fried rice or something. And I think the cost was, I know it, the cost was $3. Oh, wow. It was a complete meal for $3. <laughs> that's, un so, that's unheard of. You almost made me want to move. <laughs> but that's three American dollars. And I understand Vietnam is very similar. That's your dollar goes a long, long ways. You they say hundred dollars a day you level kicking. That includes servants and everything in Vietnam. I don't know about Thailand, but I'm sure if you lived in a more rural area, that my driver said an average house costs about thirty thousand American dollars. Not a you know apartment, yeah, small apartment. That's a tenth of maybe eight hundred. What my house my house <laughs> is worth. <laughs> so I said, what if you paid a hundred thousand? He said that would be a very nice house. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I said, really? He goes, oh yeah. So now you kind of have an idea of most people use uh, public transportation or bicycle. Uh, Bikes or motorcycles, a lot of motorcycles. Well, they're more like scooters. You know what I'm talking about? They're, yeah. I don't know if scooters the right word. And they pay around 2500 for those. But that's probably what the average transportation is. So, so you got to visit. Give you an idea of what. Go so, ahead. 
yes, yeah, so you got to visit some rural areas. What so what's the the common disposition of people living in those areas? Very friendly. Very nice. Very, very cordial. Oh yeah, I mean can't speak too much English. Yeah. So it's pretty tough, but uh you can tell they don't have a lot. You know, so and that doesn't if have it's a whole like lot most, of effect on their their outlook. It doesn't seem like no, no. They still very positive, very very nice. I think there when you're conscious, when you're in that situation, you you're focused. On, I think just on relationships because mm-hmm. materialism it doesn't seem to be preoccupying their mind. It's trying to just put food on the table, and you know, and I don't. I don't know if it's true, but a lot of third world countries, over 50% of all their disposable income goes towards food, mm-hmm. 50 to 70%, where in America, it's like under 15% or whatever goes towards our food side, because most of it goes to our house payments, cars, and all the other stuff. So when you get in any of these other countries, the bulk of their disposable, their, their money goes towards just essentially staying alive and and uh, you know buying food so their markets are a little different yeah. um where they they buy stuff and uh haggling. their primary staple yeah a little bit of haggling primary staple is rice yeah i mean you know for the most part and that's true in most asian countries i'd say over half their diet is rice so, and then you add some veggies on top of that and a little bit of meat. So that's pretty much their diets. Three, three days, three times a day. Sometimes only two times a day. Depends what, where you're at. Yeah. And tea. Tea is probably the predominant drink as a general and coffee. Tea and coffee. But I think you said they they export a lot of rice. Yeah, they're like the uh, large one of the largest uh, leading rice exporters for sure, um, according to the research that I was doing. So yeah, we visited a cashew place that exports a lot of cashews, and uh, that is a labor-intensive thing. Is that? They have to roast them. Otherwise, if they eat it raw, it gets you really sick. Huh. But, um, so yeah, they, and they, we see a lot of rubber, rubber trees here. Yeah, that was they, another major export that I was reading about is that they, as far as ag- agricultural goes, they, they do a lot of rubber farming. Um, right. And, you know, one of the main staples of food is definitely fish over there. Yeah, fish. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. Sometimes there's restaurants and them that serve pretty fresh fish they catch in the morning. So, and they, we saw, there's a lot of mango, papaya, watermelon. Bananas. Uh, that's bananas. Not so much bananas, there's some. I think that comes from the northern country down here. I didn't see any banana fields. Okay. A lot of coconut fields and pineapple. Probably saw the most coconut and rubber is what we saw the most. And um, 
So yeah, uh, and main fruit they serve in the morning is mango, papaya, and watermelon. That's the and that's the three main majors. Not so much bananas. We saw some, but not as much as the other three. Yeah, and that's that's where their diet probably consists of too. So I was also reading so, that, um, you know, they they're as far as they're not as technologic technologically advanced as far as it goes with their agriculture uh, use as well. They do use some pesticides, which you know can add a little bit to the you know rural pollution and stuff like that. Um, but as far as it goes, they use a lot of. It's a lot of manual labor for their agricultural and you know i look at that as a lot of hard work you know yeah that is so it is a lot of hard work being able to have that hard work and still have like a very you know community driven disposition and you know here in the u.s if i mean the hard work is usually done by immigrant employees and stuff like that and we don't have you know the pay scale that goes along with that work either right so right you know that being said it's one of those things where whenever in thailand they they are doing all this hard work and still have a very friendly disposition it's kind of it kind of makes you wonder like what in their life is is going so right where they can still continue to be happy while doing what we consider in America a, a you know an, a lower job, right? Something that's probably because probably because they don't know any different, right? Yeah, yeah. So have you uh, a matter of expect matter of expectations? Exactly. Go ahead. Have you have you noticed it, Larry? Any anyone? Because this really, really is a is a big quandary for me. Anyone that is on their phone, like any? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, people. Most of the people on the phone are the tourists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, I mean, they. We went into a really high end mall. I mean, like it really high end, like you would see in in New York or L.A. or downtown Cherry Creek Mall. But yeah, yeah they had one of those that catered to the very well affluent. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, they, most people all have cell phones. But the, I, it's the tourists who seem to be more attached to it than I, than, more than I saw the other. Now, are they attached to social media that much? I don't know. I haven't been around the people in the rural area to know whether they're, but I don't think they're on their phone. They're they're trying to make a living. They don't have time to mess around with their phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that uh, video you sent me where, you know, here in the United States, we we grow up with addiction now to a, to a device, and it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of that out there. No, not as much. But I'm sure it does impact somehow, but nothing like probably we see in in the U.S. Nobody just so, walking around, head down, watching their Instagram or 
re, you know, the yeah. reels or anything, you know, that kind of stuff. TikTok. Yeah. But if you go into the higher end resorts, that you'll definitely see more of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. But but that's being catered by Western, foreigners for the Western most part. Culture is... Yeah, Western. <laughs> yeah. 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 Western culture for sure. Yeah. Which anyway, it was Chinese New Year's uh, yesterday and today, so a lot of Chinese have come down here, and so a lot of decorations have been put up for that. Okay. And some Chinese lanterns lit off this evening to go up in the sky. So that's kind of cool. And people are somewhat surprised when I speak to them in Chinese. So. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Larry is, is uh, are, are you fluent, Larry? Or Oh, no, it's right. Like, I grew up fluent 50 years ago. I used to read and write it, but, you know, use it a lot. But I, I, I can get around. Enough to impress the Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the other thing is um, I've noticed a lot of whenever like if you're if you're a foreigner in America and you speak English, we we look at it as not a big deal. But if you're a foreigner and like especially in an Eastern country, you're and you can speak the language as they they make that a really, really big deal whenever you can. uh speak their language it's something that they that they're very awed by oh yeah 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 there's a couple americans today they could speak very fluent thai and that really yeah they're pretty impressed when that happens that's pretty cool so unfortunately i can't speak thai but i mean a few words like thank you and stuff and how are you but um but this week there's a lot more Chinese probably the normal because of the holiday. So the hotels are all setting up the Chinese decorations for the New Year's. So that's their biggest holiday in China's New Year's. And then what they do is they have red envelopes with money and they give those to the kids. Yeah. Every tradition they do. Yeah. So So um, is there like influence like as far as that goes? And the the tire like very accepting of that that tradition, even though it's probably not something that they do. No, yeah, they're accepting it, but but it's mainly the the Chinese. They don't celebrate it anywhere near the way the Chinese do it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a big holiday for them. So the bulk of the religion down here is Buddhism is probably number one. Yeah. Then probably Muslim is two, and then Christianity is three. Okay. But for the most part, it's Buddhist. We see a lot of Buddhist temples. Uh, and that seems to be the main major religion. So. Yeah, they're called the Wat, right? What um, do they call it? W-A-T is what the uh, hell is spelled, I think. They have, a big, uh, they have a big role to play as far as like community centers, for sure. Um, where people just go to gather um, and you know they that's where they hold a lot of their religious ceremonies and you know a lot of the education especially in rural areas are held at the at the temples and then of course they all gather at the 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 temples for a lot of social gatherings as well from according to the right. research that I was doing 
Yeah, so they've got quite a few, I don't know what you call them, shrines. Uh-huh. If that's the word, places to where they have the Buddha and where they worship. You have incense, sometimes food there, too. So food is an offering, not food is to eat. So, so yeah, that's a unique thing about their culture. But overall, Thai people are great people, like many of the Asian people. But I've never been in Thailand. This is the first. So, but I've been in Japan and China and those people, and they're the same way. And Korean, they're all very nice people. Yeah. Not a whole lot of uh, negative influence, it doesn't seem like. There's a lot more of a positive community role and, and something. It seems like that's what you get to experience. It's something a little bit more right. connected, a connected culture. Yeah, more connected, right. You know, I think these communities, they know everybody better. Where in the United States, we're lucky if we know, we may know two neighbors down and that's it. I don't even... <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know my neighbors. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, 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 I mean, growing up as a kid, especially in, in a rural area, I grew up in a town that had 161 people. You knew everybody, you know, and, and now the town that I live in, I don't, I couldn't even tell you my two closest neighbors. I couldn't even tell you their names. I've never, um, never met them it's it's unfortunate you know anytime that you guys are that we're outside to even see each other it's like you're more or less trying to avoid each other you know <laughs> which yeah. is I, I find is very unfortunate what about you larry do you do you know your neighbors yeah we know our neighbors okay the guy on our left he's a he's a russian guy and his girlfriend uh, and his dad used to live there, but he passed away about a year ago. And then we know the ones across the street and up the street a little bit too. But and the guy behind us, we know him real well. And so, but we made more of an effort to kind of go, yeah, see them. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think it's you know where it used to be. You move into a place and you can go greet your neighbors. See, we I own the house I live in, but the neighbors behind because I don't have a I live on a corner. So the neighbors behind me is, is a rental and the neighbors to the other side, again, it's another rental. And so, you know, the neighbors that I, that I would know, I don't because, you know, they're, they're gone before you can develop a relationship. And, and like I said, anytime you, you uh, catch them outside, it's, it's like a friendly wave. And then, you know, nothing like that. I used to, know the neighbors behind me quite well actually used to uh go and they would have you know backyard fire stuff but then they moved but yes i i think here it's it's i think it's more common to not know your neighbors than it is to know them almost Mm. but so anything else that you want to share that you've got to experience that you would like to reflect on and comparing the cultures between Thailand and the United States? Well, I, I may have mentioned this before. I just reflect on gratitude. I think when you see different cultures, it gives you a better appreciation for some of the benefits we have in 
in America. Yeah. Oh, um, especially when you ask people about different things in their view of life. There's been a lot of Russians come down here, primarily because they're they are escaping Russia and Thailand is uh, very friendly. They'll grant a visa, and uh, they um, they're very appreciative. They can move, move down here and not be subject to some problems you as in Russia yeah. is having. So. Um, yeah, just when you look in the rural areas and you think these people are really scrounging to stay alive, um, I think we're very blessed to be in America for what we have. And sometimes I think people take it for granted. Yeah, for sure. I think we all take it for granted. It's something that we, um, we're used to as we're growing up and not, we don't get the chance to experience other cultures and what other people live in and, you know, or, or try to educate ourselves about what other people live in and have to deal with on a day to day. It's something that we're very blind to as far as the fact that we have it really well. And where our dollar is a little bit harder to stretch now, I guess, but in the same hand, you know, we're, a lot of us aren't working for our, our food and a lot of us aren't, or well, we're working for it, but we're not, you know, it, what I mean in, in that sense is we're not going out and farming it ourselves <laughs> and we have the the luxury to be able to go out and eat quite regularly and transportation. The fact that, you know, everybody has, well, the majority of us have access to like internet and running water and plumbing and, you know, a bunch of these things that we take for granted and just, you know, getting to live in the experience of maybe going to or or just researching what other countries have to deal with is a big thing and and can help our understanding quite a bit as far as how fortunate we are. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should go visit a third world country, get a big paradigm shift about <laughs> where things are. Yeah. Yeah, no joke. So or at least just, you know, be curious about it research it or something if you, if you don't have the availability to go to a third world country or somewhere where you know they have a little bit they're not as fortunate as we are try to figure it out on your own how how lucky you are to live in in a country that a lot of this a lot of the things that we get are pretty much handed to us and how fortunate we are so yeah so I would just say, you know, and the listeners out there, try to extend a friendly hand, to get to know your neighbors, get, be, uh, pay it you know, forward. focus on gratitude, for, pay it forward, help others, and and be grateful. Heck yeah. In fact, the best way to be grateful is pay is pay it forward. Yeah, that's for sure. That is that is very very true. So on that note, we're gonna sign off and um i'm looking forward to having you back for next week sir i'm, I'm missing you <laughs> yeah same here all right my man well i'm nick i'm larry and this is ltl thank you guys for listening
That's a wrap on today's episode of the Love Truth Leadership Podcast. Larry's tales from Thailand have set the stage for our next discussion, the impact of social media on mental health. Join us as we delve into how digital connections influence our well-being and what it means for leadership in the digital age. Insightful conversations and expert insights await. Thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to exploring this vital topic with you next time. Lead with love and truth. And see you in the next episode.